0: Welcome to the Zero to Five Million Dollar Podcast. I'm Sean Finder and I'm with my co host Ollie Whitfield. This show is brought to you by clothes a vanilla soft
1: company. Ollie, why don't you introduce Steve's guests and now what we're gonna be talking about today? What's up, everybody? It's it's a pleasure today. I've got a fellow Englishman on the show, a fellow marketer on the show, a fellow podcaster. What more do I need to say? It's Jay Loggrove. How are you doing, Jay?
2: Hi guys, thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: Our pleasure. Well, um, We were just talking before we hit record here that I was going to say, how, Jay, Jay did you start your company? But actually, we probably need to skip forward to the next question to talk about your podcast. So tell us about it. Tell us why you started it and what happened.
2: With well, a good shout, Ollie. It's a hell of a segue, sir, um, because those two things are intrinsically linked. Um, about seven years ago, uh, myself and my business partner, who best mates, um, we've been in bands together for twenty odd years. Uh, he was a lead singer. I was the I say was. We we are we, potentially still together. We just haven't played in some some many half a decade. Um, so we, uh, we weren't getting an opportunity to like play. play music together and actually weren't seeing each other. He was working at Microsoft and I was selling high-end IT security solutions to the telco market. So basically, we both had big full-time careers. So we started a podcast called How to Write a Tune. And How to Write a Tune basically was us being able to scratch that musician's itch that we had, where we'd sit down with different musicians every week. Um, and also, more importantly, it was a, a really good excuse for me to see my boy uh, and hang out for an hour or two, month every Thursday right and we and we and and we weren't seeing each other that was my main kind of like focus for it that podcast did really well uh, and within six months we were nominated for best podcast in the world at one of the podcast awards yeah you know it's a it's a very cool sounding award however the podcast market was real small seven years ago and in the UK it was even smaller -er -er. um so we didn't win but I was sat there because it was a fix um but I was sat there then at that awards show just being like hey six months ago I didn't know what podcasting was if my business partner who you know used to produce our music, if he hadn't literally been a techie person who could do audio, seven years ago, podcasting wasn't quite as easy. So we, I, I literally saw this as a, a, a real big opportunity because someone like me who likes the sound of their own voice really had an affinity for podcasting and, and would never have found it if it wasn't for someone kind of putting a mic in front of my face. So I almost came up with the idea as Tony as a service, uh, Tony is my, my business partner, uh, and just to provide him there started offering that service to the US. Um, Actually we started offering it, but I was very, very surprised to find that the the US was far, far, far advanced in comparison to the the, kind of the rest of the world with regards to podcasting. So 90% of our clients were all um, US based and to be honest, still are today. off the back of podcasting, we have spawned into not just audio, but also video content creation and design. And essentially now we're a content creation agency that works with marketing teams all over the world to help them create the stuff they need to get their message out there.
0: That's very interesting. Now, and and when you started, you know, six, seven years ago with the podcast, how did you get that initial traction? How do you get those initial people to start listening? Because I mean, I just, you know, probably two, three years ago when I started listening to podcasts, seven years ago, I was not listening to podcasts. So um, I'm sure also maybe let the audience know, like, what's changed from when you first started to today and and, and any pivots you had to make along the way?
2: Well, I'll jump into that second question first there, Sean. Um, I think the biggest change has been is that I don't have to explain what a podcast is every time I say the word. Um, For many years, I was like internet radio, but like cool, (laughs) Um, which was a difficult conversation. So I think that's the real thing that's changed is that podcasting is now part of like the common vernacular. Uh, There's, you know, more people than not know what it is, which is a real benefit for us because it was a difficult kind of. Uh, uh, thing to push especially seven years ago as you said you weren't listening to podcasts most of us weren't because yeah. it was really hard to listen to you had to yeah. go like go somewhere and listen to it It wasn't just popping up on an app um with regards to how do we get traction uh social media and seven years ago social media was a, a different kind of beast and so were yeah. we We were never particularly brilliant at it um but we did have somewhat of a following from the band that we had you know four or five hundred people would uh follow us but realistically the place where we got the real traction from was the show was an interview show yes and this is still very very true today one of the easiest ways of growing an audience is to have other people come on your show hey just like this hi um to have other people come on your show and hopefully Uh, you you can bring some of their audience to your show and keep, you know, a little 10%, a little 5% or something of that audience stay with you and become your audience as well. Well, we had huge names on, we had buskers on, um, but one thing is with musicians is like everyone's got a following, right? Everyone's got a diehard fanzine, someone absolutely loves them, uh, they're their best song. So um, having people on, uh, who's a good example, like Frank Turner, who's a really big folk rock uh, uh, person in the UK, In the UK, having Be- uh, Brendan B. Brown, who is the um, uh, the guy who created Witus on, um, was real big draws for us and opened us up to massive other markets and the beautiful thing is about podcasting is if anyone was to search frank turner's name or brendan b brown's name and if you look for us you will find how to write a tune it's still up and it's still available and it's kind of the wonderful thing about podcasting is that you know we still get audience members to that show when we haven't released an episode in some years
1: i would love to know jay i don't know if you feel the same about this but uh, maybe in our space this is a little bit more prevalent and particularly today rather than maybe even a year ago you could have like you know neil patel the biggest marketer ever or you could have you know the massive names and you can have the small names Mm. i find now it's kind of popular for those names to be on all the podcasts they just get asked because they're the carrot that people want Mm. people know they have the audience and then you start to see slowly over time they're less willing to share it out unless it is a very very big show you know alongside with their audience so mm. I'm finding it's fine I accept most well, not most maybe 50% of our guests they may not share it and that's fine it's it's not a contract that they have to share it it's, I'm happy to have the conversation have them on hopefully our listeners enjoy the conversation but you find it's getting a bit harder to get that growth purely from the fact that you have that person and their audience sure um and
2: well, I guess that kind of leads me on to the second best way of, of growing a podcast audience is not only to have guests on, but to be a guest, guest on as many shows as possible. So I think the larger influencers who understand that are then understand the benefits of being on a show and will share it et cetera, et cetera. What we do to make sure that happens from every guest is we make it really, really easy. We send everyone everything. We send them links to everything. We copy them in constantly. I email them personally. Like whoever, or I say me, whoever the producer who booked them on the show and spoke to them will send them a message and be like, hey, Sean, hey, Ollie, your episode is up. Here is a link today. If you could go and share it, it'd be really, really helpful. And hopefully, you know, you can put this out to your network. The bigger influencers who get it and who are good at social, and I say influencers because they tend to be the people who get social, um, Want to share? Want to put out more yeah. content? Being given a piece of content, kind of like on a silver platter for them, is like great. Thank you very much. So, I think it comes down to sometimes who the guest is, and um, also if uh, they remember what it's like to be the little guy.
0: <laughs> so, I know you. You know, a lot of people look at podcasts and like, okay, well, what what does a podcast actually do for your business? Is it branding? Is it does it help you get new clients? Is it a mm. combination of both? I think you have a really interesting story that we t- just talked about because um, you actually get a lot of clients from just your podcast and your listeners. So maybe let the audience know some of those nuggets on how you get those clients um, from, from your successful podcast.
2: Well, and for any salespeople out there, right? So, if, you know, if you are a business and you're looking to start a podcast, much like all marketing spend, someone says, what's the ROI, right? Yep. Uh, and now the unfortunate the answer is with a podcast, if you want to see success is if we're consistent for six to 18 months there might be a specific ROI, like you might be able to literally see a tangible, here's money, it's paid for type ROI, right? Um, Most businesses will say, oh, 18 months, no, (laughs) just throw money at something for 18 months, right? But what is the actual, you know, what is the the real benefit of podcasting for, for the I've seen is actually business development. You can absolutely, if there is a, you know, for those salespeople out there right now, if you cannot get through to that big client, that company you want to work with this decision maker at wherever right i bet you can get them on a podcast it's significantly easy to get past the gatekeeper when you're saying hey i want to invite this person on a show as opposed to hey i want to sell that person something right um there's also the benefit of after a podcast especially an interview show everybody feels like your best mate Yep. everyone does. It's like the best day ever, where you just sit and listen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what it is. I remember when we first started uh, how to write a tune way back when we were doing it out of a great big summerhouse shed in a garden. We'd have people travelling all you know all across the UK and then coming down to a shed. And when you first saw each other, there'd be the awkward hands shaking and oh, we don't know each other stuff. And we we ran long. You know, we we had a nice long conversation. We'd have two an hour and a half, two two hour shows after that time of literally someone talking about themselves for 2 hours i can't think of one person who didn't come in for a great big bear hug afterwards thanks man that was amazing Ugh. right which literally 2 hours beforehand would have been completely out of the social realms of how we knew each other a podcast can change that because literally you are sat listening to people and there is something very intimate and personal about listening you know having someone listen to you and respond to to you jabbering away um but the, the, the business development is so strong. We work with some really, really big companies where the podcasters within those businesses are only allowed to book about 50% of their own guests. Yeah. The other 50% is all dictated to them by sales. You have to have this guy from Cocon. You have to have this gal from Nikon. You have to have this person from wherever on, right? From Microsoft or Tesla, right? We have to go because I can't get a hold of that company when I'm trying to sell to them. Once you've got them on the show, there is a direct lineup. I can literally contact anyone who I've had on the Jaily show, which is my narcissistic name for my show. Um, and I can contact anyone and say, hey, what's going on? And talk to them about, you know, if I need something, if they're a supplier, I literally have that open. And vice versa, I will take that call. We are friends as far as you can be from never meeting someone. Um, that, to me, is the is the day one ROI. The You know, the, the return on investment, Overall, as you said earlier, Sean, is brand awareness, is overall just putting it out there. And there's a huge SEO benefit as well from yes. podcasting because the biggest marketing influencers in the world, like Google and Apple and Spotify, will make you a landing page. So providing you're writing your show notes and title with some sense, then you know, you're you going to get a huge bump there. But all of those things are un- intangible, whereas sales is a you know, specific ROI. And as soon as someone can turn around and say, well, where did that client come from? that podcast we do, uh, I can guarantee that podcast will be funded for another
1: year. <laughs> so talking of clients, talk to me about the first few and maybe uh, not necessarily what's different about them as opposed to the newest ones, but how much has what you offer or what you, how you describe what you do changed since day one to now? Is it completely different? Is it an iteration? What's the deal?
2: Mm, great question. I think what we do is very different because the market has changed an awful lot as well. But in its in its core, it's probably quite the same. Our clients have changed significantly. When we first started, it was very much um, you know mum and pop businesses, one man bands, etc. And over the years, yeah. that has now very much flipped to uh, huge Nasdaq traded businesses, um, etc. Right? What we actually do is probably pretty much the same we edit the show we you know post it back out we take care of ums and ours and do all the bits and pieces like you know it, as a core of what we do i think what has changed for us as a business is that w- once upon a time we offered uh, audio only we would be you know audio editors essentially but we called ourselves podcast editors since then we're now content creators we create video and uh or obviously podcast and audio and design and animation and all those things that you kind of need to post out and that has been a response basically from the clients we had it's like how do i get my you know as you said earlier sean how do i get my podcast out uh uh, to more people well you post out onto social and you can't really post an hour or a half hour show to social and see the same traction as you can if you were to take a minute clip from that or a two minute clip so as what our clients have needed has kind of expanded. So has our offering to, to meet those needs.
0: So one last question, and then we'll, we'll probably wrap things up after that. Um, And I love asking this, any mistakes that you would say you've made in the last seven years with the podcast or anything that's big, like a big change you made and you said, you know what, this used to work, it no longer works. We have to now use do this because or double down on this because this isn't what's, this is what's changed in the podcast industry. Anything that that comes to mind that maybe a mistake that you've made.
2: I know the mistake that we made back when we we had had to write a tune. It's something that we've specifically not done with the Jaylee Show. Is we used to. I'm quite a savage when it comes to booking people, right? So yeah. all of a sudden we had and 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 then getting them booked in. And great, you're coming Wednesday. You're coming Thursday. Great Friday. We got so we were recording four shows every every week. <laughs> <laughs> we're releasing a show a week right and i did that for three months all of a sudden we're like straight ahead yeah so what we what we used to do for that show is record intros the week of so we could yeah. add some news in we could make it topical etc and then be like bam here's this this, this episode be recorded whenever we recorded it um so we, we did that and we essentially set ourselves up and we were great. And we did, it uh, took an entirety of like Q4 off, basically all of the, all of most of November, December and January, it was off and it was fantastic. And we got completely out of the habit of booking shows, of recording shows. Yeah. Of like, you know, we, we were great at intros. Oh man, we were killer at intros. We were having great fun just meeting up once a week and smashing out an intro, but we actually lost that uh, kind of momentum momentum yeah exactly we found it so hard to get going again um it essentially kind of killed the show i wasn't ha- i wasn't uh, we had great guests on after that fact but i wasn't in this momentum of getting someone massive someone small someone medium someone this, someone that and changing industries i suddenly found myself on a vein of people which were all the same thing and i was like i'm i'm bored of this like i don't want yeah. to talk about battle rap anymore like we've had five battle rap people on like what more is there for me to ask um <laughs> And I think that was, re- you know, we, we essentially got comfortable. And I think it, it, it's important for your audience. It's important for yourselves and your creativity to make sure that you're keeping that show fresh. And yeah. although every show is formulaic and needs to be to, for consistency, you don't want to get yourself in a position where, you know, these shows are just 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 doing it for doing its sake. Any great show that I can think of, think of any big show it has evolved it has changed it continues to evolve as time goes on and that is because they are present in what they're doing there are no shows even the nerdist which you know for a long time was just simple interviews yeah i don't make sure it exists anymore but um literally change things up they would have people come back as guests they would you know mix things up and that's how you keep your audience involved and that's how more importantly i think you keep the the hosts and the producers involved and wanting to carry on being creative and carry on a show
0: Perfect. Well, let's wrap things up. But before we do, I always say one last question, but it's actually two last questions. One, um, maybe where do you self educate yourself? Do you listen to any podcasts? What are your some of your favorites? And then number two, where can people find
2: you? Fantastic. So, um, yes, I certainly self educate myself. In fact, five years ago when we started the business, um, I, I kind of sat down and had a bit of a, I took stock, should we say, of, um, who I was or the perception of what Jay was right if I'm going to be a leader what was I going to be and one of the things I realized is that relatively uneducated because I'm very very dyslexic and left school at the end of high school basically as soon as I was allowed to to get the hell out of there I was in in a job Um, and for and also when I was in school I wasn't great at reading and taking tests because of dyslexia which is something I was diagnosed right just before I left so Taking stock and kind of realizing that I was also massively overweight. It was about 250 pounds for our American listeners, which is like just under 18 stone for our UK listeners. Um, and basically was like, Cool, I don't think this looks like success. I don't think if someone looks at me, it looks like a successful thing. I don't think people have something to look up to. Yeah. So, how am I going to change that? So exercise actually helped me relearn how to learn yeah yeah. i didn't know i didn't know any of the stuff i didn't know what deadlift was i didn't know what bench press was and i certainly didn't know how to do any of those things so i you know I, i spent about six months really educating myself and learning about this exercise diet stuff which is dead important you should all have a go at it um and that kind of opened the door to me to say okay this is how i learn and i found that i learned best from someone so youtube is my jiggity jam right sitting sitting and finding someone who will literally tell me something and they'll wave their hands and do stuff that is my place and then what's also great about youtube is you then have a bunch of comments from idiots like me being like don't get it great and hopefully there's some responses there as well that and audiobooks for me have been the way i've learned I think probably uh, you mentioned like which which are the best ones. Um, I think for me, probably one of the best books I've ever listened to slash read would be You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And the reason it's so good is essentially it's the same as the book. But at the end of each chapter, the author and the person it's about, David Goggins, literally have a small five 10 minute podcast about that chapter and there's even more value than potentially within the book um but that that entire book and a book called um extreme ownership by Jocko Willink has really changed my whole view on things the fact that it's okay that it's all my fault but it's still all my fault is uh, a really important lesson that I've learned as as a leader and has actually helped me grow from there
0: perfect and where can people find you
2: Great question. Apologies. You did ask two questions. Um, if you'd like to find me, then it's Jay Ludgrove at Jay Ludgrove everywhere. Um, so J A Y L U D G R O V E. Or you can find uh, most of the content we release on my company's page, which is GL Pro UK. Again, that is everywhere. If you can't find us on that platform, it's because I don't want to be there.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Jay, for joining us today. This has been a blast. Thank you also to everybody listening. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to give us a five-star review wherever in the world you're listening from and subscribe so you don't miss our next show. See you soon and thanks again, Jay.